This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. The grain markets closed, mixed livestock markets closed lower on Friday. Extraordinary geopolitical events bring extraordinary prices. That continues to be the story for the grain markets as Russia and Ukraine are at war. No one knows when Russia and Ukraine's markets will come back online. They're both are major players in crop production. Bolt Marketing Market Analyst Dwayne Bussey says the uncertainty continues to hang over the markets. And you know, wheat's the leader on this in rallying, and rightfully so, but they've exported a lot of that wheat out already. It's a lot of the corn that still needs to be shipped that's kind of trapped, and a lot of that corn is earmarked for China. So it, to me, it's the corn market that really could still lead this thing higher. Summit Commodities Market Analyst Tim Marsh says it's hard to know how long the strength in the grain markets will last. Uh, I might warn people that when the market decides that something's been determined over there, the market will likely go down every bit as fast or faster than it went up. Often painful to sell into an upward market because you always sell before the high is in, but if you wait till you know that the high is in before you sell it, it's almost always three, like three bucks lower on soybeans or more before you know that the highs are in, and you know, a buck or two lower on, on corn before you're assured that the highs are in. If you sell it on the way up in some sort of a uh, steady pattern, you're almost always going to come out in better shape than if you wait for the highs to happen. It's hard to do it that way, but that's the way, that's probably the most profitable way to trade it if you have product to sell. The Arthur Company's grain merchandiser Jenna Knutson says higher wheat prices bring a sense of deja vu to growers, reminding many of 2008. We saw wheat go to $18, $20, and a lot of guys watched it ride up and then right back down. So a little fear here. Um, you know, the big question is what's going on over in Ukraine? We see these headlines come out a little more uh, absurd than maybe what's going on over there. It's what to believe or, you know, what we're seeing on the Internet is, is it true or, um, you know, is it as bad as we expect, which obviously it's, you know, not something we like to see, um, and there's a lot of uncertainty going on. Knudsen says there's been lots of farmers selling with prices moving higher. As the grain markets chase the latest news headlines, Ag Country Farm Credit Services market development specialist Katie Tangen reminds growers to not lose focus of locking in profits when they are available. Get back to, you know, what's going to make me a profit, and can I make this sale today? Tangen says spring price crop insurance guarantees will also be very close to covering 100% of expenses. Not every case, but in a lot of cases, you can cover 100% of your expenses. Um, so you're taking away a lot of the risk that we've seen in the past year. If you go back three years, a lot of times in corn, you know, we could cover maybe 80% of our expenses, 75% of our expenses, and maybe just a little bit less than that with soybeans. And that's not the case this year. We can get very close to covering all of it. With corn prices close to $8 a bushel, it is more expensive to feed cattle. Top third ag marketing senior risk management specialist Ed Dugan says the upward grain prices aren't great for the livestock sector. Something's got to give here, and, and, and it's been on the livestock sector here. I mean, livestock market's definitely taken on the chin. If the wheat and corn fall out of bed here, eventually you're going to see the cattle markets, livestock markets recover. You know, the stock market's also dragged the livestock market down here. I mean, nobody wants to be in stocks right now. Everybody's shifting out of stocks into wanting to own commodities. So that's another thing playing against the livestock market. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. For some farmers, the 2021 crop year was a challenge. As you decide on your MPCI and hail insurance plans for 2022, look to Egg Country Farm Credit Services for help with your risk management options. 
We can provide you with a complete package using the expertise of our team of insurance specialists and loan officers working together to provide the analysis and options you need to make sound crop insurance decisions. Stop in or call your local Egg Country office today to learn more. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. The situation between Russia and Ukraine continues to catch the attention of agriculture. Interfax said Russia's Ministry of Industry and Trade is recommending domestic fertilizer producers cut volumes to farmers due to delivery issues with foreign logistics company. This was expected and could be a concern for global crop production. The Black Sea region is a big exporter of agricultural commodities, including wheat. Ports in the Black Sea region are shut down and expected to stay that way for at least the next two to three months. U.S. Wheat Associates President Vince Peterson says it's hard to judge the full extent of the shutoff at ports, but there are other wheat exporters in a position to help fill the gaps if needed. The question is going to be in what cadence, in what fashion, and what logistics, and, and in what impact on, on, on price and everything that goes on. And you're seeing that manifest in the marketplace right now, both in the ocean trade shipping markets and in look at, look at the futures markets. We're locked up. Uh, locked up the limit on wheat futures. But Russia and Ukraine combined account for 28% of global wheat exports. Rabo Research Global Grain and Oilseed Strategist Stephen Nicholson says Russia and Ukraine use most of their wheat domestically or it is shipped out. Few stocks are left at the end of the year. But you look at the other exporters in the world and look at those stocks, there's not enough stocks there to make up that chain, make up that loss of, of, of exports that, you know, Ukraine and Russia uh, may may not happen, and so that's a real uh, a real concern, and why the wheat market was so quick to react because there's just not stocks in the exportable countries to make up that loss of of Russia and Ukraine exports. Ukraine is also a huge producer of sunflower oil that creates issue with the vegetable oil supply. EPA is officially taking the next steps to discontinue the use of chlorpyrifos on food by rejecting objections to the rule that comes after a lawsuit filed in early February by 20 agriculture groups. American Soybean Association Director of Government Affairs Kyle Kunkler says they were not surprised by the EPA's denial. You know again at that time EPA had not responded uh, to the objections and we were beginning to lose hope that they would before the, the, the deadline before the rule going into it. EPA banned the use of chlorpyrifos and directed North Dakota users and distributors to dispose of the product through the state pesticide disposal program. Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring advised EPA that Project SafeSend does not have resources or funding to accept large quantities of chlorpyrifos for disposal. Goring said EPA's decision made huge stocks of the product in the supply chain unusable and the agency time Timeline is unreasonable. Minnesota Soybean Growers Association President Mike Scow was part of a state delegation on Capitol Hill this week. After meeting with EPA officials, Scow expects the federal government to approve a state dicamba label soon. The Beltrami farmer is anxious to hear the news. People buy seed in November for the following spring. So, you know, I mean, you can't change those things. Uh, it's 
not that easy to change and uh, you know the direction has been made already. The Minnesota specific rules would have a June 12th application cutoff date for farmers who are south of I-94. For those north of the interstate there's a proposed June 30th deadline. The world's largest carbon capture product should be online by spring 2024 and it will be in North Dakota. Continental Resources will invest 250 million dollars over two years to help fund the development and construction of the Summit Carbon Solutions Project. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum says the effort connects Midwest ethanol and fertilizer plants to an area northwest of Bismarck through a 2,000 mile long pipeline. The state of North Dakota handles the permitting process for the pipeline, providing regulatory certainty for those involved in the carbon sequestration project. The U.S. potato industry is facing roadblocks working with Mexico to expand fresh market access. USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service Administrator Kevin Shea visited with potato growers in a trade committee meeting at the National Potato Council's Washington Summit. The National Farmers Union, six state farmers union groups, and Farm Action filed a complaint against John Deere with the Federal Trade Commission. The coalition is seeking an investigation into Deere's restrictions for farm equipment repair. The right to repair complaint is described as a violation of antitrust and consumer protection laws. Farmers Union elected South Dakota farmer Jeff Kipley as its new vice president. Kipley succeeds Patty Edelberg from Wisconsin. Edelberg's been the vice president for the past four years. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Let's face it, we are hardy folks in North Dakota and Minnesota. Winter is not the time to hide, but the time for fun. Hello, this is Shane with Irie Insurance, and we know snowmobiling, fishing, and hunting are a way of life. So rather it's your ATV, snowmobile, ice castle, or guns, we have the perfect insurance coverage to protect your toys. Get that big buck, catch that lake monster as we watch over the toys. To find out more about Irie Insurance, go to irieinsurance.com. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. There's light snow extending from Manitoba into extreme northeast North Dakota and northwest Minnesota. The National Weather Service says there is another weather system coming into the region this weekend. Many areas will receive freezing drizzle, while one to two inches of new snow is likely in southeastern North Dakota and west central Minnesota. Better than normal rains are expected to fall across South America over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says the driest areas from Paraguay to southern Brazil will see regular rounds of showers and thunderstorms. Rainfall totals could be upwards to four inches in some areas. The driest areas of central and northern Argentina will see regular rounds of significant rain, with rainfall totals approaching four inches. Southern Argentina will be drier and more rain will be needed to keep crop conditions favorable. World Weather Incorporated Senior Agriculture Meteorologist Drew Lerner expects status quo for the Northern Plains weathered pattern during March. That will translate into an environment here where we'll have shots of cooler air coming at us periodically from the northwest. 
and there will be some shots of snow and rain that will continue to come and go across the region. It wouldn't surprise me to see a little bit above normal precipitation, especially on the east side of our listening area. So uh, the uh, upper Midwest, the eastern Dakotas and Minnesota into Wisconsin, those areas will all see a little more precipitation than normal, and uh, some of that will occur as snow. Lerner says the western Dakotas and Montana could see a little improvement in moisture. It won't be above normal, but at least it'll be moisture, and it will be helpful later down the road when the snow melts and we start getting closer to our growing season. So a little bit of uh, beneficial weather there, uh, but we will continue to see shots of cold air. So when we warm up, uh, it's probably going to be like it has been, more South Dakota and Montana than uh, northeast North Dakota or northern Minnesota. Uh, those areas will warm too once in a while, but it's going to be really hard to shake off winter in those northern northeastern areas. The Red River Valley could easily go from drought to major flooding in one year. North Dakota state climatologist Adnan Akuse says the weather patterns changed in August for the Southern Valley. The National Weather Service North Central River Forecast Center's latest forecast says there is a 90% chance of major flooding this spring. The probability is much lower in the northern Red River Valley, with only a 25% chance of major flooding in Grand Forks. The EPA has officially taken the next steps to discontinue the use of chlorpyrifos by rejecting objections to EPA's rule revoking all chlorpyrifos tolerance on food. This comes after a lawsuit was filed in early February by 20 agricultural groups. American Soybean Association Director of Government Affairs, Kyle Kunkler, says they weren't surprised by the denial. You know, again, at that time, EPA had not responded uh, to the objections, and we were beginning to lose hope that they would before the, the, the deadline, before the rule going into it. But, um, you know, based on our initial review of the responses to the objections and the decision to just sort of flat out deny all of the objections, the stay request, you know, the hearing request, it, it's pretty clear that um, EPA is unfortunately doubling down on their flawed rule and their problematic determinations here. And so, you know, we, we have to just continue to fortunately appeal to the court to make sure that growers and, and other agricultural entities are being protected. Kunkler says moving forward, they plan to appeal to the court. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Do you have a white mold management plan? If you grow dry beans in the Dakotas, you know white mold can be a major yield robber. That's why treating your seed with Heads Up Seed Treatment is a smart investment. Cost-effective and compatible with other seed treatments, Heads Up kickstarts your beans, taking them to their full potential so they can fight off yield-robbing disease like white mold. For a better start against disease, ask to have Heads Up pre-applied to your edible bean seed order. Visit HeadsUpST.com to learn more. Providing play-by-play -play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. World Weather Incorporated says Brazil can still produce a large crop. Fertilizer prices remain significantly higher. Stonex has adjusted downward its crop production forecast for Brazil. U.S. Grains Council President Chad Willis is back in Wilmer, Minnesota after a whirlwind trip to South Korea. Markets, weather, farm policy. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear it on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.